the chanting of the Passion of Our Lord on Good Friday, for me, is always almost an emotional, sorrowful experience, made even more so by the sacred voices that we've all just listened to. For anyone who's ever been called before an angry mob of people questioned, judged, and condemned, or have endured any experience where they have cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Reliving the passion of our Lord can sometimes almost be a traumatic physical experience. Five months ago, when our bishop, John Taylor, walked into my office one late night and asked if I was interested in going with him and 24 other people to a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, the lyrics of that American hymn that's titled, Were You There When They Crucified the Lord? seemed to drown out all the details that he was telling me about this, this huge opportunity. While none of us were there when they crucified our Lord, participating in a Good Friday service, and for me, going where they nailed him to the cross, where they pierced him in his side, and where the sun refused to shine, spiritually transports me to this time and space where Pilate attempts to interrogate Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked. And refusing to acknowledge the authority to Pilate to judge him. And asserting that his kingship is not from this world, Pilate asks again, so are you a king? Jesus' response to Pilate on that afternoon has always been burned into my heart. You say that I'm a king, for this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And then when Pilate asks, then Pilate asks one of the most important, and I think enduring questions, posed in all of the Gospels. And that's the question that also called me to the priesthood and the reason why I've always felt drawn to the Holy Land where they crucified our Lord. Pilate asks, what is truth? In our gospel this, this evening, we never get a clear answer to this question. What is truth? What is truth, I think, is a question that many of us wrestle each time we, we come to church, each time we read Holy Scripture in the Bible, each time we hear the proclamation of a gospel, or even listen to somebody giving a sermon, speaking authoritatively from a pulpit. And nowhere has the answer to this age-old question, what is truth, been more hotly debated than in the Holy Land. 
traveling to, Jer traveling to and through Jerusalem, Jericho, Nazareth, Capernaum, Caesarea Philippi, and Bethlehem, we pilgrims were continually challenged to ask ourselves, what is truth? The Holy Land is a land bifurcated today by security checkpoints, restricted areas, and large prison walls almost. During our pilgrimage, Palestinian residents spoke with anger and passion regarding their treatment as what they characterized as second-class citizens, unable to freely travel to many of the areas that we visitors were free to come and go and visit, denied passports for international travel outside of Israel, and tormented by the division and rationing of their water rights and the continued expansion of new settlements in the West Bank by Jewish settlers. For Palestinians, their truth about the Holy Land is that they live under authority of a military occupying force funded and sustained by America. But for Jewish Israeli citizens, they spoke with the same passion about their unsuccessful attempts to live peacefully with their Palestinian brothers and sisters. After enduring years of suicide bombing of their supermarkets, coffee shops, and public buses, their final solution was constructing a 20-foot-tall security wall around the Palestinian West Bank communities, restricting and monitoring the movement of their Palestinian neighbors. In one of our conversations, a Jewish Israeli said that it became commonplace to avoid parking next to a bus during a, during a traffic light for the fear of it exploding. For Jewish Israeli citizens, their truth is that the Holy Land is a very dangerous place and they have a right to take whatever actions they need to protect the lives and property of their people. Traveling throughout the Holy Land during our 11-day pilgrimage to towns and churches we read about in the Bible, talking and interacting with such dynamic and diverse people made trying to define what is truth frustrating and challenging. When Pilate, while Pilate committed many barbarous acts in his service to his king, known as Caesar, during his rule on the Holy Land, he was also challenged and frustrated by an angry crowd demanding the crucifixion of Jesus. I find no crime in him, he tells the crowd, which we know was rejected with the immoral cry, crucify him, crucify him. Trying to find truth among angry, frustrated, 
And scared people is always challenging. After each day of our pilgrimage, it was strange to turn on the news and watch violent protesting in Israel and in the United States regarding people's fears and beliefs that our national leaders are lying about efforts to change and undermine the institutions of our governments. The recent violence at the Alaska Mosque in Old Jerusalem between the Israeli police and the Islamic Palestinians objecting to a sect of religious Jews intending to sacrifice animals on this extremely sacred site is just the most example, is just the most recent example of this historic struggle over truth. Traveling to the Holy Land reminded me how difficult and maybe and maybe even impossible it is to ever reveal truth, the truth, in this earthly world. During, Pil during Pilate's interrogation, Jesus never concedes to his Roman authority and never answers Pilate's question, what is truth? But we know from Jesus' conversation with a Sumerian woman at a well that Jesus' truth was about the hour coming when true worshipers would worship the Father in spirit and truth. Jesus said, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. During our 11-day pilgrimage, we experienced God's spirit and truth when we celebrated our first Eucharist in the Jordan Desert and saw the pathway Jesus used to, tra used to travel to Nazareth and the green pastures surrounded by the dark desert sand incredibly described in Psalm 23. When we stood in the Jordan River to reaffirm our baptismal vows, and anointed as Christ's own. When we meditated with scripture while on the Mount of the Beatitudes. When we were awakened at night to Muslim imams proclaiming the call to morning prayer in Nazareth, along with a choir of roosters singing throughout this city. When we boated on the Sea of Galilee when we worshiped in the church of the nativity in the manger square where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And when we woke at 5.30 a.m. on the last morning of our pilgrimage to walk the way of sorrow and Delasora to pray the stations of the cross on the same path that Jesus walked to his crucifixion in Jerusalem. During our pilgrimage, we collectively probably took thousands of photographs. And I personally collected a huge bottle of water from the Jordan River, gathered stones and leaves and a thorn bush from the places we visited, offered my prayers on the Western Wall in the old city of Jerusalem and just absorb the entire experience. 
at every holy site, church, desert, or biblical community, we collectively touched, breathed, consumed, and were nurtured by the Holy Spirit and worshiped in spirit and truth. The Holy Spirit in the presence of God was most profound, walking into the church of the Holy Sepulchre when standing over the place where tradition says Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose from the dead. Walking into this, into this magnificent church, I could hear the dark stones softly whisper the history that they had witnessed and you could feel God's calming presence. Four of the 14 stations of the cross that we did this afternoon are located in this church. At the 12th station in the church, we placed our hand through a hole to touch the rock of Calvary and breathe the air where it is believed Jesus was physically crucified. At the 13th station, we knelt down to touch the stone of anointing on which Jesus' body was laid and prepared for burial. Our pilgrimage concluded at the 14th station, at the empty tomb. It was in this very special place free of all the ritual, free of all the religious trapping and the symbols found throughout the church, where I think we experienced the sacred and the holy power of God's truth. On this Good Friday, we come to this empty tomb with anxiety and sorrow, and with hope and expectation. In this empty tomb, we can, we can see our own death, our own tomb, and I believe our own emptiness. In this empty tomb, we confess our guilt, our pain, and look for hope from our Lord. May God be merciful to us and bless us and show us the light of his countenance and during these most holy of days, come to us. May it be so.